0: Welcome to the Rising Tide Podcast with D. Klein and Eric P. Rhodes. Each week, the Rising Tide Podcast brings you the latest stories from a world where art, technology, and culture converge. Ride the wave of the future with us. The tide is rising, and the possibilities are endless. Hey, Eric, how are you?
1: hey good i just got done doing an interview so i'm like pumped
0: yeah i i saw that how did that go
1: it's very difficult to talk about myself
0: that's that's um, yeah we were saying before the show here i yeah. find it weird to yeah to do that yeah
1: um yet once i get into the flow i seem to forget all about it so at the same time it's like oh my god it's it's like that when you're sharing yourself and uh, for me, i get I get like pressure like in the stomach area here mm-hmm. And you know, that's my anxiety ramping up. And then mm. once like the dam breaks and I forget and I'm in the flow, it becomes easier. But it is hard to talk about your work
0: well, and I was saying to you before the show, I had an awkward thing. Maybe you know, our listeners can give their opinion on this what they think. So my wife buys me a shirt at Christmas that has a print of mine on it, so it's my own art on this shirt she's like merry christmas and i'm like oh that's wonderful thank you so much right but it's like and then i was saying to you eric i was saying is that weird walking around with a shirt with your own art on it like is that self-aggrandizing is that and so i haven't really worn it much out in public because i feel kind of yeah. funny wearing it so listeners <laughs> what do you think is it weird to wear your own art on your clothes we didn't talk about this but um <laughs> I think it's a little bit
1: like if Metallica was wearing Metallica <laughs> shirts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's your answer. <laughs> like I don't like you have art uh you have your art in the back of sure. you. That's more than I'm even comfortable doing. I don't put any of my art up on the walls. So well, these
0: these are the only co- thing uh, I have is is that uh, can I do this? These are I collabs. Oh. So that's where I kind of felt like they're special to me because they're collaborations Uh, with artists that I love, right? There's a sabbat over there, Yeah. sabbat, and this is Surianto. Man, you got some good ones too. And these are actually just a bunch of little sabbats that I just really liked. That's awesome. And then I was going to add another one here with Remo, but I have never got around to printing it. The spot's ready for it. Yeah, so that's why I have those. Yeah. They're all collabs. Uh, or, I've only well, got the the Sabbath ones in the little pictures. Those aren't collabs. Those are just Sabbath's work. Yeah, and they look fantastic.
1: Thank you. I only got my OG logo that I hand. Can I do? I can't do it. I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> there it is. This is where mirrored cameras easier. Yeah. So this this thing yes. right here. Yeah. Um, that's that's hand drawn. Uh, oh wow. And that's that's my original second realm logo i created that 20 over 20 years ago
0: mm-hmm. wow and 20 i, years I ago. start
1: yeah 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 um
0: n- n- well yeah we're in 20 2004 yeah.
1: 20 years there ago you
0: go. yeah i still am thinking it's 2023 i'm not yet used <sighs> to being 2024 yet
1: yeah in my mind 1996 is only 10 years ago so we're
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh... it'll never be anything more than 10 years ago uh-huh. Yeah, I think of the 80s, like, oh, it was just a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a few things on topic here. I was going to talk about, uh, you know, the richest man in the world, Bernard Arnault. His, oh, no. I don't his know. His son, Alexandre Arnault, is, was a big NFT fan. Mm-hmm. I actually reported the story in Blockworks uh, about Bernard Arnault buying NFTs and it. got a lot of interest actually at the time because he had previously said he didn't believe in them at all and then it turned out he owned some he owned them so anyways his son alexander arnoa has been more vocal about it and is the owner of a crypto punk well he was a crypto punk so i'll talk about that Mm -hmm. what have you got on your itinerary oh
1: yeah we have to talk about the flappening go on the flappening so recently uh the penguins the pudgy penguins Floor past the Board A
0: Yacht Club floor. Okay, okay.
1: There's so been a lot of. I,
0: I've kind of tuned out to the Yuga drama this week, but maybe you're more aware of it than I am because I uh, kind of just glanced yeah. over
1: it. The last 24 hours, boy, did they get smacked?
0: Did they acquired Moonbirds or something like that? Is that yeah, that's that was the other thing i was going to talk and about it's like the cco thing it's like why are you acquiring this right because what people don't <laughs>
1: understand like this is the cco thing the art is cco but moonbirds isn't right Right? the name okay okay yeah so like so there is some know, value there that. totally it's like buying cryptopunks even though yeah, whatever we can get into this okay okay
0: and then i've got a good blocked as well that i'm looking forward to yeah
1: so it looks like mine are all connected, um, because my block is the Board Eight Yacht Club. I'm gonna just give it up because I already <laughs> taught it. It's the Board Eight Yacht Club community, but we'll get into that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a little bit of like art drama that mm-hmm. I thought we should touch on. Um, so let me break this down. Oh, we'll now break it down. Let's
0: let's start with yard drama. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So okay. Hunk seven six three five, Artie Hands have you seen mm. him around? I have, yes. Okay. So he he commented about seeing, and his words were uh he's been seeing a lot of artists selling the exact same shit that they were doing <laughs> right, two I years that. ago. Yes. Okay. And you know, people were in their feels about it. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, yeah, I mean it's a it's an accurate observation. You know, and maybe he doesn't like that. I'm not going to speak for him, but by calling it the same shit, seemed to have a tone of, like, yeah, it's it's a put down, right. right? Yeah, but it sort of fits into the concept for me, at least, into zombie futurism, which is like just creating, you know, things for the sake of creating them and not really, you know, advancing. And
0: and if look, if you're
1: the it's like you're sequelitis
0: with movies, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: but okay, and again. Look at, look at the, look at the, uh, uh, the, the, oh what the fuck is that car franchise? I watch it all the time. Fast and Furious. Vin Diesel. Thank you. Fast and Furious. They're not going to win Oscars, but man, do they get, do a lot of people watch their movies and do they make box office hits? It's entertainment. It's escape entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's a, there's a market out there that. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But there are also there are also collectors who are buying the same art over and over. So like sure, it's this dynamic community aspect. And I get what I get what Artie is saying. What punk? What is he? Punk (laughs) seven six
0: three five on Twitter. Keep keep straight the numbers, but okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I get what he's saying. And then he got into it with another artist, um, Lewis. I'm gonna butcher his last name. It doesn't matter. I should get his name right. Sorry, Louis. Give me a second here. Is it Luis? The, the tree. Oh, man. I'm going to fuck this up. It, okay. <laughs> I will, when, when, um, I will do the, when we do the, uh, block. No, the not the block. Transition uh, to
0: the second segment.
1: Yeah. I'll find it. It doesn't matter because yeah. I'm butchering this right now. Okay. But the point Lo- is Louis like, Voisroul. Thank you. That's him. Yeah. Okay. Can you
0: spell? Can you do his? It's ab- L O I S. So that's probably Louis, I guess, because it's I with the like the double like the. In German, it's called Numlaut, but it's not German. Yeah,
1: Louis Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what. So, uh, anyway, and- he's an abstract expressionist, which you can see. Um, uh, his father is an artist. I read in his. I follow him. I think his art is really interesting, but he had a take on it too. And his take, and he ended up getting
0: into like a little spat. Right. I mean, it makes um, a good point about Picasso. You know, we're talking about one of the greatest artists of all time, maintaining a style over a period of multiple years and creating yeah. the same shit for years.
1: I mean, are we going to hate on Thomas Kincaid for being successful for making the same shit for decades? Come on. I mean, like, there's,
0: there's, look, I get what artists I get, strive to have a style that's recognizable.
1: Like, you, on one hand, you have, you have, this is my frustration. And it's not with, not with arty hands. It's not, and it's not with Louis or Louise. I'm not sure how
0: that name is pronounced. I don't know, I'm
1: going to go with Louise because that sounds like fancy. <laughs> um, and it's not with either one of them. It's simply like we have people in the space who are like, You need to have a consistent style. And then in the same hand, you have other people that are like, yeah, but consistent style, same shit over and over again. It's like Artists are getting all the wrong signals, right?
0: Well, it's natural human. I'm interrupting you. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I'm I'm on a tear. So
0: it's fine. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's natural human behavior as an artist, at least as a creator. If you create something and people love it and people buy it. You're probably going to be like, hey, I really like this vibe. I'm going to keep going with this. Like, That's what happened with why unofficial Why wouldn't punks? you do that? Yeah. That's
1: what happened with unofficial punks. Originally, it was going to be a one-of-one that I never minted. And people loved it, so I minted it. And then more people wanted their own,
0: so I made them.
1: It's like, you know, I don't
0: know. Or look I at somebody know. like Sabbath. I mean, his he's have you ever actually seen him draw in person? I've, I not in person, but I've seen he he's shown, um, like it's it's magical. Like standing next to him, watching him draw, yeah. it's now granted. Part of the magic is uh, that what makes it so effortless is the innumerable hours of perfecting that style, right? To the extent that he's not even thinking. I don't think when he's doing it, it's just a flow. Like he's just, yeah you know and he's done that so much that it's just it's instinctual well i think but that's question, what makes it special in that case yeah. you know and granted you could look at it and go oh this is the same thing you know year mm-hmm. after year after year same you know sure there's some variety to it but it's essentially the same thing and what's wrong with that question, it's beautiful it is beautiful
1: but i think the question artists will ask is well what is the right way what are you telling me collectors and i think the answer to that is is uh, I was I had a good comeback for a second. I was gonna say I think the answer to that is the the collectors are telling you exactly what they want. If that's the collector that you want to aim for, again, this is coming from a consumerist perspective. You are creating yes. art to be consumed and bought. So right. let's if that's your point then you have to think about the audience you're selling to. If you're creating art for art's sake and you sell some on the side, that's cool too. Like, but don't get it twisted. There's, there's consumerism and then there's, you know, you, you sell a few pieces here and there as a hobby.
0: Well, and it goes to the age old dichotomy of like, you know, are artists supposed to be poor forever? Because, you know, when you do something with monetary success, you're a sellout. And so therefore you've gotta be a poor starving artist, you know? Like, come on. Yeah.
1: Well, sellout is such a such a derogatory term because it's like, oh, they've they're so successful. Like I think about (laughs) yeah, I think about like when when the kids I grew up with started listening to corn, you know, before like nineteen ninety-four, I think it was before corn even blew up with OzFest, right? And, and they were like, Oh, you know, Ozfest. They're like, Oh my God, they're, they're not the corn that we knew you <laughs> right. know, who they shut up, shut up. <laughs> or feel it like, okay, don't feel it. But like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm a little fired up today. I want to say that fired up. I have opinions. I want to give them.
0: Well, the other Let's dilemma go. with that being like, how much do you kowtow to collectors? Now, if you're doing ah. this purely as a business strategy, you're like, hey, I've got a bunch of collectors that want to buy this thing. I'm going to give it to them. Is there anything wrong with that?
1: No, of course not. It comes down to your integrity mm-hmm. right, and intention. If it is your intention to sell artwork to an audience and it's this is your business and you're an entrepreneur, let's call it. You should know who your audience is. You should be doing the research. If mm-hmm. not you, then somebody you trust. If this is a business for you, if that's if if you're if you're of the mindset that this is I'm an I'm an entrepreneur and my product is my art, right? So let's and so we'll take all of that and just call it entrepreneur. Good, okay. I like it. If you're an entrepreneur then you have to start thinking about thinking like a businessman, a
0: business sure. business person.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, if you do, you do just want to make art and occasionally sell do it. Do that too. Be a hobbyist. Where's the It's words? okay.
1: Okay. It's, uh, oh, shit. Let me see.
0: <laughs> it didn't, oh, there we go. <laughs> you did it. You must have that this- enabled. Yeah. I, I don't think I have it enabled. No, it's not working for what me. Is we're we're trying emojis on Zoom. You know, yeah, what is this weird we don't thing? Can't do about. this. It's just gesture based. Yeah. Um, I guess not. No, uh, they no, don't. No do negativity. No negativity. No, it's all. You don't just, want negativity yeah, in, no, don't the, be in the interwebs. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'm going to segue. If you're okay with that. Yeah, I'll say. I yes. Segue to uh, talking business, entrepreneurial. That how, that's
1: this is how we segue.
0: We yeah. just say we're gonna. I am making a This <laughs> <laughs> is very natural. This is what. This is how we do it. <laughs> Speaking of business, <laughs> richest man in the world, Bernard Arnault, yeah, uh, it was revealed. This was some time ago. Now, I actually wrote this in Blockworks uh, about him owning NFTs, and the reality that he actually did hold some when he had previously said they were just like pointless. Uh and his son, Alexandra, I know, is a huge NFT fan and has created a number of cryptopunk related things and he had cryptopunk 13167 one, 3167 bought it for 160 eth. Uh just sold it for 161 eth. So he made a 1 eth good for him. profit. Now, I don't Know what the price of ETH was at the time that he purchased it. Um, but he's up on ETH. One ETH profit. I yeah, I find it funny how much attention this got. You know, so it was sold for in U.S. dollars uh, four hundred forty eight thousand eight hundred fifty three dollars. Uh, was yeah, it negative think, attention? It's just kind of I don't know how to describe it. It was just one of these things where it's like, why is everybody even really paying attention to this? I'm not sure.
1: Because his father's the richest man in the world. That's why.
0: Right. So someone was saying, oh, you should just keep it. Your family's so rich. Why would you sell it? Kind of idea. Like maybe he's like, some people are saying, oh, you're selling it. That's, that's bad for the, the look i think wasn't what he look? the For one who? that had wasn't he the one that had the crypto punk with the jewelry and then you could purchase the jewelry and it showed the crypto punk on the watch or whatever
1: oh the tiffany one
0: yeah 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 because that's louis vuitton know. louis vuitton owns tiffany yeah yeah oh his dad's louis Vu- well it, it's it's it, it, uh, Vuitton. bernard arnault owns all those things like it's lvmh is what it's called Oh, it's right, like a yeah. conglomerate like, that owns like yes. all, all these like like think of a luxury ba- brand, Fabergé. To yeah, face. yeah. They own them. Coach. Yeah, all those. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so people are saying, "Oh man, you didn't have to sell that. Like you're a gajillionaire. Why are you selling it?" Kind of idea. Yeah,
1: I don't know who the dude is. Um, good on him for making profit. I hope ETH was up comparatively when he
0: compared to when he sold it for him. It's probably I mean, around not. par, I guess, being the way the market's been kind of recovering from that time. Yeah, I don't know. When
1: was, like, the 106 Yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I I I apologize for not doing the research to find out what it was in U.S. dollar equivalent value. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because... One, one ETH is one ETH. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Here it so... says, if I track it on um where is it on here these are all bids so let's see it was transferred it was sold January 29 2022 it looks like for 160 ETH which was four hundred sixteen thousand dollars US and huh? just now he's sold it for 448 so it looks to me it appears to me that it was profitable
1: so he's up on USD
0: and he's up 1 eighth. correct so hey good for good for alexander arnault i mean you know it's a little bit of uh spending money for him you know he can go you know he probably walks around half a million bucks in pocket change i'd love that that'd be awesome kind of weighed down a little bit. so
1: what did the punk community say about it was it the was the punk community upset or like they're like oh another one's
0: you know another one's leaving us well, now you're showing how unprepared I am for this because I just fuck, I just thought it was a funny story. I didn't actually delve into fuck. it, but it seems to me that I'm some people were critical bad. of the fact that he was selling it at all. Like that, that he's doing us uh, like, oh, this
1: was the whole cell shaming thing. Is that what it was? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I get where this is coming from. Yeah. People should be able to sell and buy whatever the fuck they want. And nobody should say boo about it. I don't care how rich you are. And are people
0: like, I don't see Logan Paul selling his only force.
1: Who fuck cares? (laughs) Can he sell it? Like, is it even sellable these days? I have no idea.
0: (laughs) And I was just saying, oh, maybe he's scared about crypto uh, or NFTs dropping. It's like, if you are just now scared about crypto... You've been living in a hole for the last 2 years, like.
1: Yeah. Also this wouldn't be the year you should be scared
0: about crypto. Last year should have been. I would think. I mean maybe we're uh, setting ourselves up here for, you know, a bad take, but
1: Well, I st- I don't believe that th- I I believe that this is the false uh I forget what they call it, but it's like the false pump and then we're going to oh. dump 30% and then before You think this go, is a fake out? I do. Interesting. I, do. I have no, I have nothing but gut. So I hope this is a bad take for all of you out there. But for me, I hope this is such a good take that I get to clip this out
0: and say, <laughs> ha, "Ha I fucking told you so." <laughs> well, my take for since pre pre ETFs, <laughs> and I people can check the recordings for this one was ETFs hype builds, announced short spike, and then selling profit. And then a steady climb upward is what I said, okay. Which is exactly what's happened. Yeah. Credit credit for that. Um, where we go from here though is less certain. You know what's interesting to me though, and this is another topic I wanted to talk about, was uh, the net inflows into ETFs. Yeah. We're talking. People don't seem to get this quite yet. These are the most successful ETFs of all time. The most successful launch.
1: See, that was a ETF. professional segue, by the way.
0: Oh, very much. Thank you. Um, we got to we got to call that one out. Okay. thanks. And so what what's a really interesting indicator to me is a chart that Glassnode released showing now granted it's only showing data from three OTC desks Mm -hmm. Uh, just for context for people who don't know uh, most people that are like normie retail traders are well normie I don't know about that crypto retail traders are buying and selling their crypto Bitcoin ether etc on places like Coinbase, Binance, whatever, in relatively small portions. Um, OTC is kind of high-end clients and they're not trading on exchanges. It's essentially peer-to-peer with a person helping them facilitate the trade. So someone is saying, hey, this person over here has $5 million worth of Bitcoin. This person over here wants to buy it, negotiate a price, boom, no exchange involved. You can argue there's less price discovery in the end, the price discoveries coming to the exchanges because you've got no. that you know that uh, supply is sewn up right but anyway, in this glass note chart that shows the data from three OTC desks it's very rapidly diminishing their inventory, to the extent that. There's going to be a shortage on OTC desks very soon where they're going to have to reach out to to these exchanges or to other potential sellers mm. that they so, don't have it, currently sorry. access. I jumped the gun. Now there. granted that's only three OTC desks. So is mm-hmm. this indicative of the average of all OTC desks? I don't know. Or did they cherry pick these three? Did they pick three that ha- have diminishing inventories and go, Ooh, look, supply crunch. I don't know that, mm-hmm. you know, but according to the data they've presented at least the narrative they're giving is we've got a supply crunch coming here and it's gonna be severe because ETFs are net inflowing approximately half a billion dollars daily. Yeah. Right. Even with the great grayscale outflows, there's still positive net inflow, significant, like hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. daily. So let's let's
1: chop this up a bit. And help me understand it. I mean, I understand it, but I want to I dive into, like, the bridge between the crunch and the inflows, right? So the crunch on the OTC, we're saying that they're going to have to get their Bitcoin somewhere. Right. But we're also seeing inflows into the ETS, which means they're being locked up. Yes. Right? So you're saying that there's going to be price increase, in theory because there's going to be a demand and there's not going to be enough supply because of the inflow into the etfs as i do my i want to make this clear
0: that this is not financial advice right i this is me trying to understand yeah this is just my observation of a chart that has only three data points on it three otc desks yeah we are not i'm not giving any financial advice okay Bitcoin currently, with the current uh, mining hash rate, produces about 900 Bitcoin a day, I believe. Okay, from mining. Mm -hmm. These inflows are about 9,000 a day. You're talking 10 times inflows as there is Bitcoin being produced. Now, there's plenty of Bitcoin around already in large quantities held by high-end clients in very highly concentrated amounts it's referred to as the genie coefficient it's how concentrated the wealth is so genie coefficient of bitcoin is not great okay the vast majority of bitcoin is held by a relatively very small amount of people oh so when you say not great you mean it is not distributed it's not distributed well at all okay it's highly highly concentrated in okay. a few hands so how much access these OTC desks have to those highly concentrated amounts, I don't mm. know.
1: I would imagine that would be the clientele they
0: probably have access to. Yeah. yeah. But not, if this chart is that, any indication yeah. from Glassnode, if this chart is any indication of the general overall OTC inventory situation, there is a severe supply crunch just around the corner. Like we're talking like weeks. Yeah, And here I am saying this is a false, a false pump. Well, and it could be because again, these are only three. It's only a sampling of three OTC. Deaths. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hope, again, I hope I'm right for me because my ego wants to be right for all of you that are <laughs> going to be rich on Bitcoin. Good luck. I hope I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> well, and then you have the interesting dynamic of this ether ETF talk coming up yeah. with a May deadline. Um, It makes for some very bullish mentalities but you know obviously you know we've seen it in the past when the greed meter gets really high that's usually when crashes happen
1: (laughs) yep yep i think 2025 is going to be a fantastic year interesting i think 2024 is going to be bumpy for 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 the blue chip current cryptocurrencies i think it is Mm -hmm. um what that means for us in the day-to-day market trying to sell art i have no idea i
0: don't know well there's a legal precedent that's been set with the bitcoin spot etfs being established based on the fact that the sec had already approved futures they couldn't really use legal arguments to deny the spot bitcoin etf well everybody that's kind of following this ether etf thing many are thinking the same thing they're looking saying look they already have ether futures so they have no legal grounds to deny spot e3 ETF. having said that uh gensler might deny it anyway and he might go the way of the dodo bird with a new administration in the fall um and that's just his last like kick at it before he's out of here and then they get some lawsuits and uh eventually they approve it you know but he might just be like no i'm not approving this i don't know
1: that would seem incredibly childish also
0: right up his alley i wouldn't put it past him
1: yeah 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 well i mean with the success of the Bitcoin ETFs, mm-hmm. I can't imagine him saying, well, here's the question. I, we don't know. I don't know. So mm-hmm. I'm asking you, is BlackRock involved in the Ethereum ETF? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Then I don't see why they wouldn't get approved.
0: I don't see why either. They're approved in Canada.
1: Yeah. yeah they have been for happen. a couple of
0: years already. To just me, man. like Canada is like the beta test for a lot of this stuff. Should have fucking moved to Canada. Uh, you know, there's things people freak out about in Canada too, though. So you know, yes. there's there's pro- pros and cons everywhere. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I kind of wanted to sh- shift to there is an artist that I wanted to kind of shine a light on. Actually, a minute. That it. I just I I love that he's been an ever-present figure in this space. He was very active part of the uh, art gallery auction house for the longest time, and he just consistently creates beautiful abstract works. And that is Danil Pan. Yes, Danil. And I just wanted to just shout him out, um, just for his work. He's got some beautiful work. He's listed uh, on Foundation. He's got a lot. He does a lot of work with skies, abstract sky designs, and uh, he he's been here since I've been here at least, longer than that.
1: yeah, and definitely. just
0: such an influential and supportive person in the scene. You know, when I first joined the scene, and joined the Art Gallery Auction Host, that was like my home in this space. Really? You know, uh, where I would go and chat with folks and we'd have auctions running and people would bid. And sometimes I'd have pieces in there and sometimes I'd bid on pieces in there and et cetera. And what a great little supportive community that was. And that's thanks mostly to Daniel Penn yeah um the, and... uh,
1: the web three he's like web three's like cheerleaders not a great word it's more like motivator like mm-hmm. emotional motivator
0: yeah so i just when i saw this pop up here about him having some works on foundation with skies i just was like yeah you know what i i just want to recognize his contribution to this community
1: very ethereal artwork um mm-hmm. very beautiful it's been evolving Mm-hmm. With the same theme going on, we were talking about before. Yeah. He's, if you look at his the evolution of his artwork, it has mm-hmm. become more sophisticated at times, less sophisticated at others. And I don't mean sophisticated in a negative way. I just mean, in it's, and its, it's, it's evolving. Visualizations. It's evolving. Yeah, yeah, totally yep. evolving. Yep. Yeah. But he has a consistent uh, uh, visual output and it's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, I haven't been consistent where I've kept on creating things and minting things. I've been doing more stuff just on my own, not minting, but I got to give him credit, you know, that he, he keeps on producing beautiful work yeah. and just has a consistency, persistence is... and consistency. You know, that's awesome.
1: I don't know that consistency is a, ch- I think for some, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. I don't, for me, I can't see consistency as a choice. I don't know how to be anything other than experimental. Okay. Like I've tried, like I said, I'm going to be oh black and white for, oh. you know, the next year. I can't do it anymore. And I can't do it because that it doesn't like, it doesn't excite me anymore. Right. I need to be continuously evolving, experimenting and playing. And I get that, like, that doesn't maybe that doesn't, that isn't great for other other uh artists who'd like to see like a consistent style of a Sabbat or um uh, um oh my god, what was what who was Victor? Um mm. mm-hmm. Another
0: another
1: another another guy who had very specific, like
0: a very distinct style. style.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. X copy, another one, very distinct mm-hmm. style, right? It's, uh for me, not it's not there. I can't do that. And I just, I still struggle because I want to, like, look back and be like, look at all of my art. You know it's me. But really,
0: that's just not who I am. I just found for myself, I just have certain tendencies. And so I just kind of go, why am I fighting these? Right? And so I just kind of embrace the tendencies instead. Yeah. And so that does mean that, you know, it ends up being the same shit for years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, your styles evolved, too. It has changed. Yeah. 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 I, my fit. Well, not my favorite, but it's not up. I, I, I've talked about it a couple of times. <laughs> but the zombie. I fucking love. You minted one. <sighs> and it had like this glitter glitter effect
0: yes i used a photo mosh for that
1: yeah but then you sent me (laughs) the original and i was like that's what i want to frame this one
0: yeah i looking back the originals have a much cleaner appearance that is more appealing in many ways
1: yeah well they they do look a little bit like um they're more pfp yes in nature yeah you know, so I think we're like some of us have been conditioned, and I, I'm one of the people who are some of us conditioned to like think about when you see when you see just like the head, you know, you you think in this space, you think, oh, PFP, sure, you know, yeah. Anyway, I speaking just wanted to PFPs. I just wanted to
0: give Daniel Pan props.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then speaking of PFPs, well, first of all. Let's get. Let's give Daniel. Thank you, sir. Um, give him the, give him the fireworks, champ- Give him
0: the fireworks.
1: There we go. <laughs> you are a true champion of the space. I have had the have pleasure of selling some artwork at uh, in the art auction house, and that was fun. It yep. wasn't my like primary community, but it was great to like jump in there and yeah, and be a part of sort of like that experience. But uh, to transition, speaking of PFPs. Let's talk about the Yuga Labs news recently.
0: Mm. okay, now this has been I've seen it, and I'll admit I've just kind of scrolled past it. I haven't seen a lot about it, yeah, so Yuga's been hit this
1: this week alone. Um, poor board ape Yacht club collectors. I feel I feel for you, Aww. holding on to your twenty two eth. PSPs Isn't the low were, the floor
0: price twenty two ETH? Like that's the, the lowest floor, one. The
1: floor, yeah, the floor price is 22. But remember, they were up in the hundreds. So true. You know. But so the first thing we gotta talk about is the flappening. Okay. The flappening here is um the Pudgy Penguins, since the beginning of January, has shot up 15 ETH. I think as of yesterday, I don't know what it was today. They were at 22 ETH and they were just, they had just flipped the floor of, I see it. They had just flipped the floor of, um, of, of the Board Ape Yacht
0: Club Apes. So you're telling me Pudgy Penguins has a higher, like, collection value than Board Apes now?
1: Yeah. I mean, wow. when, when you don't consider. I wouldn't have expected that. I wouldn't have expected it either. But if you don't consider the 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 mutants and the ape and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. The collection itself. Okay. Yeah. Now, how do you explain that? Is that because of the merchandise push that Pudgy Penguins did or what?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think, uh, is it Luca Nets? Luca? What's the guy's name that, that bought Pudgy? Luca... Sounds something like that. Yeah, Luca Nets. Yeah, so uh, entrepreneur came in, bought the bought the uh, pudgies, spent like a boatload of cash, and then also infused a boatload of cash. And you know, he made an IP play, which is smart, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he did. They did they even have a pudgie in the Thanksgiving Day parade? I think they did. Like he clearly, he's clearly been. Doing things on the back end to create value for the holders. But I think the value really is in the IP for him in the future. I could see cartoons, kids series, books. Like I could imagine all of this happening. Yeah, he's going long term um, here. Yeah, I don't see kids books for board apes. Like no, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that's their direction. It's I'm not saying, their like,
0: demographic at all. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. So I think that there's a little bit of like. There's a little bit more of that prof- oh, I don't want to say professional entrepreneurism because I don't really know the teams. But it feels like they have a clearer pudgies have a clearer definition, a clearer roadmap, a clearer direction that right. they want to go in. And while while Pudgy Penguins has been focused on like one product, right? Yuga's out here gobbling up all these. All these different, all this different IP. Okay, think about it. We've got Yuga picking up CryptoPunks, huge news a while ago. They just picked up uh, Moonbirds. So yes, I think the 16th. That was yesterday. They just announced they're picking up Moonbirds. My understanding is that it's all stock based. Hmm. So um, that's what I read. So my understanding is that. They're getting stock in Yuga for the st- for whoever whoever is getting stock in yuga f- is is you know now and that's how the sale was made. But I read somewhere these three things and why this is significant. The first is uh, there's Moonbirds has about twenty to forty million. Mm-hmm. I want to credit I got a credit shit, I don't have his name. Sorry, bud whoever you are. Um I I'll, I'll try to credit you in the uh in you know after the show notes the podcast but um it says that moon he said that moonbirds has about like 20 to 40 million on their balance sheet so that's getting getting infused into into Yuga Labs mm-hmm. so now Yuga doesn't have to do a small raise round right they're just getting cash right um uh A16Z who invested in both can consolidate and restructure mm-hmm. right that's the other benefit and then um i don't know why this is relevant i don't know what proof is uh but it says yuga labs gets to tap into the high-end art market as well if that's they
0: uh kevin uh what's his name the guy behind proof yeah, kevin he's, rose he's also the guy behind Moonbirds, of course yeah 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 right so, so oh this is the all... other piece Packaged with that, right? And I think he's an advisor now to them. I was just about
1: to say that. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's an he's an advisor for the transition to whatever Mm -hmm, that means. mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, I feel bad for Yuga Yuga holders. Let's not Yuga holders, but Board Ape Yacht Club holders, because over the last two days they've been hit with the flapping. (laughs) They're 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 coping with the idea that this. That Yuga is spending money on uh, acquiring
0: more IP. As opposed to just developing their own product, is that
1: right, what you're which saying? is what which is what Luca's doing over at Pudgy Penguins, right. And and uh, Yuga isn't, right? Luca's is focusing on one product, it seems, one IP, you know, the penguins themselves. And they're ripping, you know, since January, right. 5 to 15, the floor went. I mean, mm-hmm. 5 to 22. That's insane. Uh, You know, so that's that. I don't know what else to say, except um, I think it's been a crazy week for board at Yacht Club holders.
0: It's funny. For whatever reason, in my mind, it's just sparked the thought of securities. And I mean, this pretty clearly to me resembles a security if that's the way value's being uh determined. Well the fact that you have this ownership that steers this ship and that basically through their work creates uh value and a community that's owning something that's dependent upon a few individual individuals to incur or bring value to that. That's mm. that's that's a security, is it not?
1: I don't know. Yeah, I think yes, you're right. But the way here's how I think about it: Does there's a collectible community for Star Wars action figures? Yep. Is is George Lucas responsible for increasing the value of Star Wars action figures?
0: It's a good point.
1: You know, like I I understand what you're saying, and I think this is going to be debated because of its like the difference here is that the asset is connected to the contract, which is owned by the company. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, there's a direct line, right. To seeing the relationship. Um, But for me, it's no different than like, does George Lucas, is
0: George Lucas responsible for action figure values, you know? Um, i don't know there's some differences like for example you and i can just freely trade some star wars action figure and that's not kicking back to lucas arts or anything you could freely trade an nft otc without yeah i suppose you could yeah otc you could that's true yeah yeah Yeah, you
1: use a third party you know mediator and Mm -hmm. what do they call it and somebody
0: did escrow it for you yeah no that's a good point so you were saying this is part of your blocked uh well, how how are, how are you blocking them? I don't understand. Can you explain? It's just
1: it? like that, you've been blocked.
0: <laughs> uh, we've got it back, folks. We've got it back.
1: I yeah, preferred no, Eric's, but fine. I will clip it. I promise. <laughs> um, you know, so it's uh, my blocked isn't Kevin Rose. My blocked isn't Luca Nets. My blocked isn't the leadership at Yuga Labs. My blocked is holders of Board Ape Yacht Clubs. <laughs> Board Ape Bored apes uh, <laughs> who are really feeling the copium this week with all this news and feeling like they're getting the raw end of the deal. So um, the entire bake community is blocked. Is that what you're saying? No, just the ones who are <laughs> like complaining about Yuga not doing their job to raise the floor of, you know, the apes. And now there's the flapping and, you know, it's like, You had an asset that was up, worth up to a hundred ETH at one point, a hundred and forty maybe. I think the floor was, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Whose fucking fault is it that you didn't sell? Seems like yours. Like, you know,
0: I think that's the best time for that button. Yeah. So for that,
1: and just like that, you've been blocked.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm sure Yuga will come around and refocus on. Board eight, but I mean acquisition is part of the game, right? Yeah, I've always seen
1: it as part of the game. I tried, I tried to acquire assets that I thought were undervalued. Sure. Um, it it didn't it didn't work out, but but it seemed obvious to me that somebody was going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. So you had put in a bid for Moonbirds and they didn't take it.
1: Not Moonbirds. I was looking at uh, me and a partner we were looking at undervalued on little like projects that had a little following, like how we were thinking about it was projects that had people that were interested in the, interested in the NFTs Mm -hmm. had had IP that could be turned into other assets. Mm. So I keep saying children's books because I see cartoon. Mm. I I worked in Harper Collins children's division for a, for a year. So like, and and in book publishing, so my mind goes to IP in that realm, right? Because you go from books to movies to cartoons, yeah. Like the whole world opens up, you know. So I immediately saw in this space in twenty in twenty one and twenty two, I'm like, man, if I had enough funds and I could buy the right project and build it up, like Luca, right? Luca Nets found a devalued project that people were gaga about, wrangled it out of the. Under the rugging, you know, previous owners, and then built it up again. Mm -hmm. Like this was my mindset, except I wasn't rich enough. So, you know, that's that's the lesson
0: there. So yeah, so you're still on the hunt then for your gem, I guess. Maybe one day. Right now, (laughs) I'm just focusing on this guy. It's good. So I had to. I have to revisit Fake Toshi, and my block is related to that um just it's I, just
1: like that you've been blocked
0: <laughs> i'll get it right one day i saw i saw this story and i thought this is great this was a coin desk story the title of the article says it all craig wright trial includes ninja anecdote cited as proof that he's bitcoin creator satoshi <laughs> <But> fucking fantastic <laughs> on friday craig wright's sister danielle de morgan recounted how she once saw him dressed as a ninja and another time he was working in a room full of computers evidence she says that he created bitcoin this was oh. his this is one of his witnesses at trial
1: so i read that entirely wrong i thought she saw him dressed as a ninja working in a room full of computers <laughs> that
0: would be even better <laughs> <laughs> no he was like larping in a park <laughs>
1: it makes
0: it worse he was ninja larping when he was like 18 19 years old all right so it says it says daniel demorgan took this is from coindesk daniel demorgan took to the witness down on friday to recount a blog post that she wrote that stated when she heard the name satoshi a japanese name she knew that was right in the blog demorgan recounted the time she saw right in the park dressed as a ninja when he was 18 or 19. (laughs) A tale she says explains how she connected the dots. She added that she once saw, right around 2007 or 2008, in a room full of computers. And he explained he was working on something important. Satoshi's white paper came out in late 2008. Boom, case closed. Like, obviously, this guy's legit. Like, obviously, ninja. He was into Japanese ninja culture. And he was into computers
1: when he was, like, 18. Must be the only guy who ever watched a ninja movie and is into computers. Now, I'll give you
0: not too many guys dress up as ninjas and walk around in parks. I'll give you that. I
1: would not want anybody citing that. (laughs) I wouldn't want to be in that
0: park with some dude walking around acting like a ninja.
1: (laughs) Yeah, also, like, how how did police not get called? With a masked man walking around a park acting like a ninja. Like did he
0: what did he have?
1: Like did he have like those little you
0: know those little paper shuriken kids make? (laughs) Right? The little, you know, take a loose leaf and make a shuriken out of it. I'm sure you've seen kids do that. He is a junior high teacher. So yeah, I've seen that. He is comedy. That was an actual witness, actually, that they put on there to speak for him. And okay, this is who I'm blocking today. Okay, forget fake Toshi, I've already blocked him. The entire BSV, Bitcoin Satoshi Vision community, you're blocked, all right? Just like that, you've been blocked. (laughs) To still believe that this guy has any semblance to Satoshi Nakamoto is, it's just, you're either a grifter or a massive bag holder that's just in blindfolded denial or I don't know what else like I I I can't imagine I mean there are some people who I think have been duped and they are doing the confirmation bias every little thing that comes out here that supports Mm. it they're like oh see look proof right definitely ninja Nakamoto yeah, I don't know any other guys in the 90s that were into Japanese ninja stuff hmm. or computers.
1: Yeah. That's a
0: really rare thing. Mm. Okay, granted, it is rare to walk around in a park dressed as a ninja. That is fair. But that doesn't help. Also, case.
1: <laughs> also, why was your sister there seeing you walk in a park? Maybe she was worried a him. <laughs> oh my god! Was she also dressed up as a ninja? Okay, listen. I think in my mind the story will forever be, and I'm gonna just since we're talking about lore, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that he was dressed up as a ninja in a room full of computers, and that's where I'm. That's because you know. that would have seemed more plausible, like. I don't mean plausible in a real sense. I'm saying, like, if he was actually dressed up as a ninja and working in a a room full of computers on something important. Okay. That still doesn't prove shit. No, it doesn't prove anything, but it's still closer to the truth than him (laughs) in a park dressed as a ninja and then working in a room full of computers. Which one's closer to a truth? I think that one.
0: It's just comically absurd and it's going on this trial is going on for like weeks i can't wait to the B- to the
1: bsv community finds our podcast and rips us because we could- <laughs> i mean it's
0: gonna be great i don't think we have a lot of bsv listeners uh, and, and how many of them are actually real people very few well, I they're feel. all what they're all ninjas <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of it is just bots or duplicate accounts There's- You know, one person running 25 BSV supporter accounts, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: So, Craig, what Fake Toshi is
0: running, like, thousands of accounts? Well, like, if you look at the volume on BSV, I'm pretty sure that's all being done by just a handful of people. Yeah, I've never
1: owned it, I hope. Me neither.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: Garbage. Yeah.
0: Anyway, there you go. That's my block
1: there it is yeah there it is so yuga and bsv community oh y'all the yuga community the copium members of the yuga community and the copium members of no the the entire bsv community Uh, not just just the the entire whole community and just like that you've been blocked (laughs) (laughs) there it is that's that's it folks
0: it is entertaining. Like I got a lot of laughs out of it. They say that you know laughter is the best medicine, and apparently it's the only thing that exercises your pancreas. So my pancreas, after this week of reading about Craig Wright, it's it's it's, it's uh, in good shape. I was going to try and think of some like, and because
1: of this podcast, my pancreatic exercise every week is. <laughs> <brought> to- <laughs> Is but. there is there a is is there some medicine that we? Oh man, could you imagine getting a sponsorship from a pancreas uh, <laughs> medicine? Yeah, I don't know. Could be interesting. Listen to our podcast and get and don't get pancreatic cancer.
0: There's no proof it wouldn't work.
1: There's no proof it would, but you know who needs well, proof these days? Don't say it that way. <laughs> know, so, all right, good point
0: least as good as some of the supplements out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question before Shoot. we wrap up. Last week, we talked about Warpcast right. and Farcaster. Mm-hmm. I have been using it significantly more than Twitter. I have finding, I'm finding the conversations far better okay. and less, less toxic. But I still go to Twitter to get my information. Okay. So, like, to me, there's this, like, there's... There's the place I go to to get news mm-hmm. that's Twitter that makes and sense like comment about things and the place I go to do like dive deeper into some weird stuff that, that makes sense we went mm-hmm. through so that's I've been finding that balance seems like the right approach yeah yeah I don't know I hope I hope that it becomes something bigger I really do but
0: it's had good numbers, hasn't it, over the past week? It's still growing. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, since it got a lot of attention, as with any spike, there's a reduction and then people go back to back to what they're doing before. But I think there's more people staying around this time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, uh, on Farcaster. Right. You know.
0: It's cool. Yeah. Well, and it does have a more it's uh more open feeling to it you know and uh it's more people who are genuinely interested in the in the in the whole field as opposed to twitter which is like i've said before so noisy so much noise and it's a the noise is
1: good for certain things and Mm -hmm. you know but i realized like i was going to jump into some conversations and i was like god this place is fucking toxic well that is the problem Yeah. yeah And I don't mean just like crypto Twitter. I mean, Twitter in general rewards toxicity.
0: It does. Yeah. No, it's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that coming to Warpcast eventually, you think? Will it come there because it will toxicity, get Yeah, it's inevitable. If it, if
1: it grows to the size of Twitter, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. People will be farming toxicity for Warp. I mean, it's, I feel like it's human nature to, we're attracted and remember the negative. And hold on to the negative more than we do the positive. I think, don't quote me on this, but I read somewhere that negative thoughts uh, put out more energy, like measurable energy than positive thoughts. Like by
0: put out, do you mean like consume your energy or
1: what do you mean? Well, I think yes, but I think that they were measuring like uh, the energy that a thought has. Okay, like, like um, I don't remember specifically what the scientific like the calories was. burnt. F- thinking about something is that what this, you mean? This isn't, yeah, I don't know, man. Like now we're getting into, now I'm unprepared for this. Um, uh, do your research, ladies and gentlemen. It's just something I read out there that <laughs> I think we all know that we hold on to the negative more than the positive. Oh, for sure. Th- yeah, and I think that there was somebody, there was a group of scientists who were trying to measure thought in some way and negative thought
0: put out more energy than positive thought so hmm. what that means well, it's, like the, it's like the smiling versus frowning like the amount of muscles you use when you frown apparently it's a lot more like it takes more energy to frown interesting it does to smile
1: wow we're learning new things here every day on the <laughs> rising tide
0: podcast someone's gonna be like that is not true actually it is blah 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 i don't know
1: i hope so comment below or you know yell at us on twitter because twitter you know (laughs) uh rewards
0: toxicity yeah
1: and uh let's 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 get us you know and yeah you know if you haven't
0: seen us on uh youtube hop over to youtube you can watch the show there and see us visually with fireworks effects and you know facial expressions. There we go. <laughs> and, uh, I have to know, like forcefully, I've noticed the majority of people are listening on Spotify and Apple. We don't get a lot of views on YouTube comparatively. This is really terrible. <laughs> I don't know. Why. There's probably some kind of buffer on how often it does it. Yeah. Well,
1: whatever. I, if, for those that are listening, I was trying to get the fireworks background going. He did get it one time, but there must be a timer yeah. on it. So it doesn't keep, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like what's what's that what's that uh comment timer on uh on uh discord where yes you, know you can 30 like, second, like that. 30 yeah. second timer that would anyway. make sense right Sir, on. always always a pleasure talking to you i look forward to our conversations every week um, definitely me too
0: yeah yeah that's no, always great so have yourself a great week holiday weekend right if you got a holiday down there where you are it's monday yeah yeah there you go yeah right on up here it's called family day isn't that wholesome oh
1: i don't know what is it it's president's weekend president's day
0: family day is much nicer
1: yeah but you know we got to celebrate lincoln's birthday or something
0: you americans you're so patriotic canadians are like meh canada whatever (laughs) (laughs) we'll take your american holiday and call it americans are like two thumbs up fireworks uh, oh, it did work!
1: <laughs> America!
0: <laughs> America. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Such a great movie. <laughs> there was, you know, the clip of the... I forget, the, the protagonist in the show. I forget his name. Durka Durka? Uh, yeah, him. Um, there is a, a Peter Schiff uh, checking the price of Bitcoin. And then it's the... Uh, america team america character just puking (laughs) nonstop, all over the
1: street all over himself (laughs) right that was such a great that was so great oh man matt and uh is it traced matt
0: stone and trey Trey parker Parker. man
1: genius Genius. comedic geniuses
0: yep Yep. if you haven't seen it folks have you seen book of mormon no, and I've heard it's great. Holy
1: Jesus. What a fantastic show.
0: Have you ever seen the Mormon episode of South Park?
1: Uh, Probably. I've seen so many episodes of South Park. It's not memorable. All right. I, I watched a lot of them stoned, so. Oh, fair enough.
0: Yeah. You get more giggles out of it, but you don't remember the show. Yeah, back in the day.
1: I don't smoke anymore, but okay. back in the day.
0: Yeah, highly recommended, though. And you got to go with the uncensored version.
1: Always. Yeah. If you're watching South Park Censored.
0: No, no, no. I'm talking about Team America.
1: Oh. There's different versions of it. Yeah. Yeah, I I went right to South Park Censored. I'm like,
0: yeah, that would be an awful. That was my fault because I was referring to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, there's our movie recommendations for the week. That's right. Uh, like, follow, and
1: subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple, Apple, and everywhere, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts.
0: Your favorite platform. We got to get our our radio voices perfected.
1: Uh, what do they call it? Late night DJ. You, there's a book called uh, uh, "Never Split the Difference" by Chris Voss. I've, I've read it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he talks about the late night DJ voice. Okay. We need to start using the late night DJ voice.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening today. This has been the Rising Tide Podcast with Decline and Eric P. Rhodes. Thank you and good night.